0: Good morning, brave family. We are uh, in part two of our series called The Jesus I Never Knew. And today, uh, we're gonna talk to you, or I wanna talk to you about the voice of Jesus. Last week, we talked about the spirit of Jesus. And today, I wanna talk about the voice of Jesus. And I think we have a title slide. And make sure that everything's working, because if it's not, then I need to know that. But um, maybe it's not. Okay, all right, we'll move on. But, um, so the voice of Jesus. I have a question for you today today. And I would like for you to just take whatever's in your lap and get ready to set it to the side because I'm there. Okay, good, it's working, all right. So the voice of Jesus, I want you to do, do me a favor and I want you to do this, okay? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down right here just so I'll participate, okay? I want you to stand to your feet. If you've ever struggled, if you're watching at home online, you can do this too, just unless you're driving, don't do this. I want you to stand to your feet if you've ever Struggled with, um, uh, had a hard time, uh, deal with ever in your life. Maybe you don't anymore, but you ever have struggled hearing the voice of God. Stand to your feet. Ever questioned it? Okay. All right. I knew that. Okay. Is everybody standing? Okay. All right. So look around, everybody. The reason why I wanted us to do that instead of raising our hand today, right, is because I wanted you to see you're not alone. I wanted us to stand together in this and just say, hey, listen, I'm standing too, okay? So many people look around, battle, is this God? Is this me? Is this the enchiladas? What, what's, what is this, all right? Okay. Today, I want to teach you how to hear the voice of God, empower you, encourage you to say, okay, so I want you to notice, if if you struggle with it, many of you, you're here today for a reason, and God wants to show you something, amen? All right, you can be seated, thank you. Okay, so we're in this together, since you admitted that you battle it, or struggle with it, or have, okay? Okay? then today's a great day for you. Because my hope and my prayer and my goal today is somehow that through the words that I preach and speak, that God would somehow clarify his voice in your life and you'd come to know him a little bit better. All right, so I wanna show you a verse. Habakkuk chapter two, verse one, says this. I will climb to my watchtower, stand at my guard post. There, I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Okay, so... I want to show you something in this that Habakkuk does. He says, I'm going to climb to my watchtower. If you think about an army, there's a watchtower. If you think about a a lighthouse, okay, kind of a picture of a tall tower. And people stand at the top of this tower looking out for an enemy. And when the enemy would come in, hey, the enemy's coming. Ring the bell, sound the alarm. So I'll stand at my watchtower. I'm going to get into the right position, okay, and I'm going to wait and see what the Lord says. I'm going to wait. Look at all the words in this one verse. I'm going to wait. Might take a little while, but I'm going to wait. I'm not leaving until I hear what he has to say. I'm going to stay in the right position. I'm going to stand at my guard post. And I will wait to see how he answer. He's going to answer. I want to see how, look at all the words, how he's going to answer. In other words, I'm giving it over to him, however he chooses to answer, so I'm going to wait and see how he answers me. All right, you see, there's a lot of power in that verse, and I could teach on that alone, and, we, and that would be it, but we've got to move on. So write this in your notes, key truth in your sermon notes. Hopefully, everybody has sermon notes today, because on the back, I, I put a, a thing on the back, we'll get to later, don't look at that, don't cheat yet, Okay? If you need sermon notes, raise your hand, and someone will bring one to you. If you're going to need them today, keep your hand up. Some hands over there, keep your hands up, and somebody will bring you a sermon note. We got a good family in here, so somebody grab some notes for some people. Thank you. All right. Hearing God begins, write this down, by getting in position to hear God. One of the reasons you may not hear God is because you're not positioning yourself to do so. You have to get in the right position. And the position is on your knees, no. The position is standing up, no. You have to get in the right position. There's a lot of ways to position yourself. I will tell you one of the the things that I believe wholeheartedly that helps when you think about position it's two things, quiet, watch this, and dark. Okay, the reason I'm saying dark is because Jesus said in Matthew 6, go away in your closet, shut your door, and those who pray for me in private, I'll reward openly. Go away into your room, shut the door, keep it quiet. Silence is a powerful thing. Darkness is, the point of the darkness is so that you're not distracted. So don't bring your cell phone with you. It's a great mistake to take your cell phone into your prayer time because you know it's gonna go off. Okay? Quiet before the Lord. Now, if you need lights on to read your Bible or something, of course, it's just saying in a place that you can hear him. Position yourself to do so. And you know what else you're going to need? Your greatest—can I say—is it commodity? You know, most valuable asset that you have. What is it? Time. That's that's it. Heat. You need to give them time. No, not on your schedule. God, I got three minutes today. That's what I got for you. So, what did Habakkuk say? I will. I will. I will. Come on, all right? I will wait. And your tension and my tension is, how long is this going to take? That is not the right position. The right position is, I will wait until you speak. Now, do you give him that much time? For many of you right there, you have just unlocked the reason you don't hear his voice. You never give him time. Give him time, he will speak. It doesn't take God a long time to speak. It takes us a long time to listen. Go to your prayer closet and your brain just... He's like, settle down got to give me some room here. takes a while. Okay. So let's position yourself. Let's say you do. You get in the position. Put your heart there. Get quiet. Ready to go, hey Lord, I'm ready. I got my Bible with me. I got my journal with me. What do you want to say? I want to talk to you. That's the first step. But then, how do I know it's him? I'll show you. Mark chapter 4, if you have a Bible, you can open it to there, Mark chapter 4, okay? If you don't have your Bible, you can use your phone if you want. If you don't have a Bible, or you don't have your phone or the Bible app on your phone, you're going to have to look at the screens and hope I'm not lying. Some of you are buying a Bible on Amazon right now. you lying or not? Is that what that really says? No, they didn't say that. Okay, Mark chapter four, okay? We'll put it on the screens. It says again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into the boat and sat on the outside of the lake. All right, he goes out into the lake, he pushes the boat out in the water while the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He's just trying to get the acoustics so they can hear him. So I want to show you on the map where he is, all right? Because in Mark chapter two, you'll see this. He leaves Nazareth. He goes to Capernaum. And this is where he's preaching. If you see, there's a body of lake right here. And he's along this body of water teaching. The reason that's important is because of who's in Capernaum. In this community is Jewish scholars who knew the word. They, They would study this stuff. So he didn't go to a place where no one knew this. He went to a place where everyone knew this, studied it, memorized it. I mean, they religious gurus. And this is where Jesus goes and does a lot of his teaching. And in Mark chapter 4, this is where he does some great, powerful teaching about hearing his word. Great scholars of his word. And if you read through Mark chapter 4, it's where he teaches on the parables of the seeds. You know, where the farmer goes out and he sowed seeds, and some falls on rocky soil, and some falls on good soil, and some falls on these soil, and some gets choked out by thorns, and then some has good soil, produces good crops. Basically, he's teaching on the difference between those who hear his word and those who don't. And after teaching that, the difference between those who hear him and those who don't to these great biblical scholars, okay, or so they thought. and then by the way, they were dedicated to this thing, I and mean, they really were, and Jesus goes and teaches them about those who hear him and those who can. And in that, he takes his disciples on a journey, I see, to illustrate to his own disciples a little more extra teaching about hearing his voice. Okay, so Mark chapter four, verse 35. He does the teaching about the word, how you hear his word, and then he goes to verse 35, and he tells his disciples this. Here's what Jesus tells his disciples. He says, let's go to the other side and put it up. Verse 35, that day when the evening came, after he does this teaching, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side which is a profound thing because of what's on the other side. Go back to the map for me for just a minute. You see the other side. That is not a real geographical location. That is just a note that I made, okay? But it's this area, the other side of the lake, okay, Decapolis. This is a heavy, heavy Greek-influenced paganistic culture. Okay, this is really important that you understand this, where he's going. I want to go from a religious community who know the word of God and I want to go to a place where no one knows it. All right. In this community, founded by Greeks, idolatry, worshiping idols, adultery, murder, all kinds of immorality, liars and backstabbers and gossipers, I know you know nothing of a world like that. People who do whatever they want, say whatever the heck they want to say, have no moral authority, don't believe in one true God, they believe in whatever you believe is right is right. Okay? Okay? You know nothing like that, right? This is where Jesus tells his disciples to go into Capolis. and they worshiped a false God named Baal. And I want and I'll show you a picture of him in just a minute, not yet, but just a minute to the first century Jew, to the people who had studied this book or were sitting in the boat with him, this was the devil's playground, the devil's homeland. You don't go to the other side. Those are some bad people. They will mess you up. Because in their systematic understanding was if you go be with people like that, you're going to get unclean too. So holy people don't go hang around unholy people. That was their thought. But Jesus says, let's go to the other side. Let's go to Vegas. Vegas. Now you got, oh, I got the picture, okay. So you've been there, no, sorry, sorry. Okay, all right, ready? Okay, all right. Truth is, you can just go outside, right? Come on, you can just go downtown and go anywhere. Okay, turn on TV. All right, so verse 36. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So you get this big storm brewing. Waves start to crash in. Now here's what's important about that. I want to show you a picture of Baal. This is a picture of the god that they would have worshipped in Decapolis. Greek god, or no god at all, by the way. But this was the god of the sea. This is the God of the water. This is the God who causes the storms. And it was to the first century Jew believed that it was the devil, Satan, who lived in the abyss or the depths of the sea. And there's a teaching, I think, in this, that somehow when Jesus is saying we're going to the other side, There's going to be a storm that is stirred by the evil one. Storms will come your way. But God is also trying to teach them a lesson of who he was. I'll show it to you. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. So the disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? You've had tragedy in your life, hard times in your life, And chances are you question whether or not he cared about you. If he loves you so much, then why would he allow that to happen? Why would he allow the storm in your life? They question the same thing. Don't you care about us? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, "'Quiet, be still.' Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, "'Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith?' They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Very important. Who is this? Who is this? I can't, I don't know who his voice, I, I'm not connecting the dots. Who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Psalm 107, I want to show something to you written. Years and years before this, okay, by a different author. Some think David, some don't know. Okay, we don't really know who wrote Psalm 107. Psalm 107 but certainly written down before the time of Jesus. I want you to see what Psalm 107 says. Psalm 107, verse 26, says this. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. You ever been at your wit's end? Every morning at 8 a.m. I get ready for school. Okay. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. Sound familiar to you? Come on. It's was than that hard. Does it sound familiar? Mark chapter 4? Okay. They cried in their trouble, it saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. He, 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 written many, 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 many years before Jesus ever did this. I'll show something to you. He calmed the storm. The whisper stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely to the other side. Man. Key truth, write this down. Jesus did not come to authenticate the Bible. It is the Bible that authenticates Jesus. And that becomes very important for us to understand when it comes to hearing his voice. Jesus did not come to authenticate the Bible to show that this is true, the Bible reveals Jesus' is truth. That means the book determines what's true and what isn't, which is why Jesus only speaks what's in here because he can only speak what's true. Because Jesus is Truth. I'll give you another example of what this might look like. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Exodus 31, 33, 14. Watch this. This is just a quick example. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Tell me you've heard that verse. You've said, oh, I've heard that verse. I'll give you rest. Sounds gentle. Sounds nice. Jesus is saying that, and that's true. He will come to you and give you rest. But I want you to see what he's actually quoting. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. The Lord, come to me. Me and the Lord. You know who we are? One. I'm him. You see, he speaks this. Trying to reveal to you and I who he is. Jesus. Okay? Key truth. Jesus speaks the truth, which is the Bible, because he is truth. So you will see whenever Jesus speaks, he speaks from this, or he points to this. Every time. Why? To authenticate it? No, it authenticates him. Because he is truth. And he wrote it. Through men, he wrote it. He's trying to reveal who he is to his followers. I want to show you another boating story. This one's a little different. Remember the first one I just read to you, they said, who is this? At the wind and the waves, who is this? I don't hear his voice. Who is this? I want you to see the connection. I don't hear his voice. I'm struggling to hear his voice. Who is that? And another boating story, something happens a little different. It comes from Matthew 14. Many of you have heard about it because Jesus walks on water, and that's the part that you heard about. Jesus is with his disciples. He goes out into the water. He says, let's go to the other side. Something always about the other side. Let's go to the other side. The disciples are rowing the boat, Right? Waves start to crash in, and all of a sudden, they see what they thought was a ghost, and they can't make it out, but this ghost figure is walking towards them on the water, and the guys are starting to talk to one another, and somebody, I'm convinced, said, Peter, you go, man, you go, you know? So Peter's there, and he's like, hey, you know, can I come to you? If it's really you, Lord, let me come to you, and, and so all the other guys are like, not me, and Peter's like, I'll do it. So Peter gets out, right, starts to walk on the water. What happens? His faith drops off, falls down, you know, kind of starts to sink. Jesus reached down, grabs him. Yeah, that's the story, okay? That's the boating story that we're in. And look what the disciples say. Look what it says after Peter steps out. Verse 31, immediately Jesus reached out to his hand, caught him, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, The wind died down. Now watch. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Okay? How were they able to say you're the son of God here? Do you remember in the story I told you a minute ago, who is this? They didn't understand. But in this one, something clicks. They start to see him for who he is. I want you to think about this too. These disciples in Matthew 14, the disciples had seen him resurrect dead people, heal people, walk through the streets and feed people with a little bit, thousands of people. Amazing miracles they had seen him pull off. And none of those do they say, truly, you're the Son of God? So what is it about this one that they begin to go, "Ah, light bulb, this is the Son of God? Why here? Why in this story? These were people in Capernaum, people of the text. I'm convinced the reason they begin to fully understand who he is, or begin to understand, not ultimately everything that he was going to do, be resurrected from the dead. But they begin to realize who he was, it's because they knew this. I want to show you Job chapter 9, verse 7. Verse 6. I'll start there, verse 6. Okay. Job says this in chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. All right. He shakes the earth from its place and its foundations tremble. So that's verse seven. Verse six, yep. If he commands it, the sun won't rise and the stars won't shine. He alone has spread out the heavens and marches on the waves of the sea. These men knew this. And somewhere along the way, they go, Job 9, 6 through 8. He, he alone walks on the waves of the sea. You're, you're the him. You're the, you're the him, the one that causes the sun to come. You're the him. In flesh. That's you. Truly. You're the son of God. Because they knew. The text. They knew. The voice. Of Jesus. The text. Changes everything. They read the book. They knew it. They knew his voice. Write this in. I just want you to know. The voice of Jesus quiets storms. Yes, it does. And does so many other things too. But it does quiet storms. I think there's a great lesson And I don't want you to miss it either. On a mission to the other side, to reach people, to share who he was with the world and community that did not know him, they encountered chaos. What's the lesson? Whatever mission Jesus entrusts to us, there will be storms. There's a parallel in this story too where Jesus is asleep. Jonah Jonah was sent to go on a mission to tell Nineveh about who he was. The disciples are sent to Capolis and go to the city where people didn't know who he was. Jonah is asleep at the bottom of the boat. Jesus is asleep on the bottom of the boat. Both are on a mission. Both stories, a storm comes. I think Jesus is trying to show you something. Even when you go on missions for me, there will still be storms. But don't forget who quiets them. How do you quiet the storm? My voice. You let me speak in to the storm in your life. All hell breaks loose on those who seek to break loose those who are headed there. If you want all hell hell to break loose on your life, start trying to just set people free from bondage of sin and darkness. There's so much teaching in that too. But know that when you face the storms in life, I think Jesus is trying to let his disciples know, know that my voice is able to always still whatever storm comes your way. Last verse, John 10, and I'll show you something. Again, how do you hear the voice of Jesus? Okay. Look what Jesus says. John writes this down. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is one of the key central verses. I don't want to say that this is the only one. I will say this is a key one. This is a huge one that you need to know. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep Notice he does not say everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody listens to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. So who listens to him? Who hears the voice of Jesus? His sheep. Is everyone his sheep? Mm -mm. Not everybody. My sheep listen to my voice. How do you know who his sheep are? In the text, look at it. Who are his sheep? Those who follow him. You mean everything he says? You mean everything he says to say? That I do. I follow him. Him, 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 him. I follow his voice. They follow. That's what a shepherd happens with a sheep. The sheep, the sheep follow the shepherd's voice. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. How do you know if you're a sheep? You follow him. What's the battle and the tension and struggling with hearing his voice? It might just be you're not a sheep. Because you have no intention on doing what he says. So why would he speak? Just evaluate that. My sheep, they know my voice. I know them. They follow me. Write this down. The more time we spend intimately with Jesus and his word, the better we recognize his voice. It is plain and simple. The more time we spend intimately with Jesus and his word, the better we recognize his voice. Why do the disciples, how are they able to recognize his voice? Because they had been, say it in his word. Job 9. He walks on the waves of the sea. Psalm 107. He quiets the storms. It wouldn't have connected the dots without knowing this. Every theological concept just knowing the word. So important so you can distinguish his voice and what he sounds like. You go to Publix, you ever use cash? Anybody ever use cash in the last year? Okay, I didn't think so, all right. I'm still the odd one out, okay? Still using cash, I'm telling you. I see 16, 17-year-olds you know, checking me out at Publix or something like that or whatever, you know, and they're like, cash, you know? <laughs> like You can see it's a shock. all right I'm about to totally get sidetracked I'm just waiting for the day though I'm waiting for like some some young person you know you know gather coins and not know how to count them you know I'm like I'm just I'm like hey man they' still teach them how to count money this is good okay and let me google that real quick a quarter is 25 cents okay <laughs> just anyways totally was a sidetrack But whenever you hand them cash, it's it's a $50 bill or $100 bill, what do they have to do? Put it up to the light. Watch this. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm preaching. This is good preaching. They take it. Expose it to what? Come on. If you've been in church any long time, you know this is where the pastor gets excited because he thinks this illustration is just going to rock the world. Ready? (laughs) So, take the counterfeit money or what they think, right? Take the bill. Expose it to the And determine if it's. Take every thought that goes through your mind. Expose it to the light to determine if it's. But if you don't, if you can't tell what's counterfeit and not, you'll be fooled all the time. Because you don't know. What's real? Let's say it this way. You don't know what's true, so you buy lies every single day. People putting thoughts into your mind, news putting stuff into your mind, friends put, just handing you counterfeit bills, and you're like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because you don't know how to expose it to the light to see if it's true or not. Why do you struggle hearing God's voice? you don't know how to expose it to the light. You take every single thought. What does he have to say about that? Oh, and his sheep, they just look at the text. That's not what he says. That's not what he says. Oh, but I don't like that. Let me just skip that one. Let's ignore that one for a couple of years. We'll- <laughs> come to that one later come on you find the voice of Jesus in here and the more you get to know his voice the more you recognize it it's no secret and you can also call Jesus at (laughs) 1-800-444 no I do not have a cell phone I just began to read this, and he speaks. But you have to be willing to listen at the same time. I want to bite the band forward. On the very back of your sermon notes, I did something a little cheat sheet, okay? Between God, Satan, and ourselves, I want you to think about the three voices. God's voice, the voice of Jesus, okay? Satan, all right, who's a liar and a thief. And then, by the way, you have a voice too, okay? All right, how do you know the difference, all right? God's voice, loves. Satan's voice, harsh, enforces. Ourselves, desires attention. Okay, let's go down to God. Convicts of sin, go down the middle section. Satan will condemn you. Jesus said what? I did not come to... See, some of you don't know, right? Well, 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 Jesus said what? It's in the text. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. So if it's condemning, is it God? If it's convicting, is it God? Condemning will punch you in the face. Conviction just reveals truth. if it's convicting it's God it's his spirit and he will convict you to bring about freedom in your life Satan will condemn you for it and then you have have a voice for yourself there too right self protect justify but I but you know just try to justify your action how could that be don't I set the standard of what's true Do humans set the standard of truth? Some believe they do. They believe that every human has the right to determine what their own truth is. You know what Jesus said about those people? Not a sheep. And they don't hear my voice. They don't follow me. Good shepherd never compare you to another human. Satan will put comparison all around you. Magazines and whatever he can to get you to compare yourself to somebody else. I know that because every time I live somewhere, I'm telling you my neighbor has had a perfect yard. Satan knows, I mean, you know, he knows my weaknesses. He, I like landscaping. could look nice. I, I'm a curb appeal guy. Don't go drive by my house. It's not perfect. I'm just telling you. But if you go at my neighbors, this is like, like not a blade of grass. Like take scissors, you know. I'm just saying he'll put something in your path that he knows that you're tempted to put yourself down about, so he'll put comparison in front of you. Jesus will never compare your own voice compares yourself all the time. Your your faith, your walk, your marriage, your money, your finances, your promotions, your titles. You're really good at comparing yourself. Jesus will never speak to you. God wants you to trust him only. Satan wants you to trust anything but God. Don't listen to him up there preaching this message. That ain't true. Don't listen to him. You need to go investigate all this stuff first. Blah, 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 blah. You know what that one guy said a couple years ago back at that church? Blah, Don't trust anything this guy has to say. He can't be over 40. You don't know it either. Blah, 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 blah. What I just said has happened to some of you during this sermon. God has already convicted you that you know you're living in sin and you need to get out of it. And Satan has already gone to work in your mind because Mark chapter 4, he's already trying to steal the word that's being sown. See, I know the word I'm telling you. That's a word. Mark chapter 4. I'm trying to yank the word out so you don't hear what he has to say. Hold on, hold on time. We got about 18. Come on. voice says trust yourself trust your heart whatever you feel right? you trust god or a bible a book written by men I right? just trust whatever you feel like trusting that is not god's voice that's your voice and then satan jumps in and goes yeah I trust god And now speaking God's word and he says trust me hear the voices it's all the time, every day God's voice says trust me come on, trust me, trust me, trust me trust me.' we're going to invite a prayer team forward we're going to close out like this um, I hope that's a helpful tool for you to use and as our prayer team comes forward we're going to be up here we're going to sing a song together I invite you to stand to your feet That's what we're gonna do. I want to invite you to come forward if you need prayer today. If you struggle today hearing God's voice, we got people up here who want to pray with you. We're gonna sing just a little bit of a song, then we'll get dismissed. But if you need to hear God's voice on something that you're praying about, come on. Listen. Something you're praying about, and you need to hear God's voice on the matter. I don't want to hear a man's opinion. I don't want to hear what a friend has to say. I want to hear what God has to say on this. And come in just a moment. I invite you to come forward as we sing a song. Everybody's going to be singing. No one's going to be paying attention to you. We're not going to stop the song and say, whoa, 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 whoa. A, what are they saying? Okay. I just want to give you space. Don't leave here without getting prayed with. If you need somebody to pray with you today. Don't do it. That's why we're here. We turn the music up just enough. Nobody else can hear you, okay? So if The person with you praying. And let me tell you something. Remember I said position yourself? Say position yourself. Okay. God will use, I have found, the text and many times other sheep who know his voice and he'll use them to speak to you. The people that are up here know his voice. They know his word. They know his voice. Your answer that you've been crying out for could be right here. And he's gonna speak to you through prayer. He uses humans just like you and me. Imperfect. Just an open vessel. God, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do. You're facing a storm in your life, come pray with somebody. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, come and tell us. We'll give you a Bible, we'll help just I want to. I want to come to know the Father in heaven. I want to come to know who he really is. All right, let's pray together. Amen. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you for being a good shepherd who loves us. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, I want you to think about this every week. It's on the bottom of your sermon notes. Just ask yourself this question. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Holy Spirit, what he's speaking to me. And if he tells you to come here and get prayed for, or prayed with,